Hello there, and thanks for listening in to our Die of Matthew study. Die of Matthew is the dive study that began it all. Throughout February of 2019, lives were changed and the scriptures came alive to a group of about 50 people as they dove into the book of Matthew, all 28 chapters in 28 days. It moved at a fast clip, but even with that rigorous pace, it became clear that it was worth pursuing an ongoing ministry based on these studies. This is how Dive Collective began. Our new dive studies will be formatted differently, but the process of inductive study remains the same. So as you listen through the book of Matthew, know that we are waiting to welcome you into our current live dive studies where we engage with our Bible study members and dive in at a manageable pace for study. You can find everything you need to know at divecollective.org under our studies tab. Enjoy your time in Dive Matthew, and we hope you'll join us in real time soon. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and read through Matthew chapter 5. Now's the time to skip ahead. If you're planning to do that, you're going to want to jump back in. This one's a long one at about five minutes and 45 seconds. All right, Matthew 5. When he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Don't think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says, you fool, will be subject to hellfire. So, if you're offering your gift on the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way with him to the court, or your adversary will hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the officer, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny." You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. 
And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a written notice of divorce. But I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife, except in a case of sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oaths to the Lord. But I tell you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, because it's God's throne, or by earth, because it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, because it's the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, because you cannot make a single hair white or black. But let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for, for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteousness and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Great. That's a long chapter. It is a long chapter. <laughs> All right. So if I take Matthew 5, and I just focus in, we're just going to zero in here on verses 13 through 20. The truth is, is that a few of these verses are going to send us automatically into the later part of the chapter for interpretation purposes. But for now, I just want to talk about the observation that I made at the very beginning. It starts in verses 14 through 16. When Jesus calls us the salt and the light, he's talking about how the things that we that we do, our actions and our works shouldn't be hidden. Those things should be for the world to see. And I made a note of that because when I talk in my interpretations in a little bit, I know I think about the fact that there are people that are kind of legalistic about making sure that nobody knows that they're fasting or nobody knows that they're eating, which or, or that they're giving money or it's so important to them that it's kept a secret as if they'll they really are saving up their treasure in heaven and they're not going to risk that anybody can take it and that's i'm not saying that that's wrong but i think a lot about how god wants us to hide certain things there are things that we are not supposed to be doing out in public and i think the idea behind that admit this this observation where he says no you should do your works in heaven so that you're Uh, What does it say? It says, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The things that we do in public are so that people will see my good works, then therefore see the Father in heaven and give him glory. The difference here is obviously Pharisees and Sadducees versus those people who are actually doing what God calls them to do so that when people see it, they will know he will get the credit Mm -hmm. for it. Where the Pharisees and Sadducees were purposely mm-hmm. fasting so that people could see how righteous they were or right. praying in public so that with all the big words mm-hmm. so that people could hear how religious they were. And so I thought that was interesting because I'm jumping into application the same. So we're literally doing the observation yeah. and then the interpretation. And so if I go to application from there, I think that part of what has kept me from stepping out into ministry or doing things is this 
question of what what are my motivations yeah Yeah. what are my motivations and what are the perceptions that people have of my motivations and how does that keep me from from glorifying god Mm -hmm. and that's as, as i read this portion and this actually correlates to another portion that i've read recently in luke where it pretty much says out loud, like when you learn something from God, you are to share it. Mm -hmm. Everything that you learn from God is to be shared. Maybe not today, but at some point there will come a point that the seeds that he sows inside of you are to be sown Mm -hmm. then again and given back. These portions that like kind of affirm the fact that we are supposed to live our faith out loud and we are Mm -hmm. supposed to be doing it in front of people and there's nothing that we have to be ashamed of in doing that if our motive is truly so that people can know him more. Why would he not want that? Right. So that was encouraging as I as I made that observation. This is maybe jumping ahead a little bit because it applies to the chapter as a whole. But this is this whole chapter, Jesus was like turning everything upside down because mm-hmm. he well, and in the next section too that we'll talk about when he talks about the law. When you talk about your motivation in this that last section about the whole goal is to give glory to your father that flows into the rest of the chapter because mm-hmm. it's all everything in the rest of this that we'll talk about is Jesus is saying, well, you know, the law, here's the law. Mm-hmm. This is the letter of the law. Yes. And this is what I'm saying. Yes. I'm saying the law doesn't matter as much as what's inside you matters. basically. Mm-hmm. So he's taking it a step further in every instance in this. And so yes. even with this, salt and light, like you were saying, the Pharisees are doing it purely just so everyone can see them. And yet there is an aspect of where Jesus is like, that's the whole point. When I call you to live as Mm -hmm. believers and be different, it's because I want the world to see that you're different so that they can know me too. It's just interesting when you look into that little section and what Jesus is teaching in that, and then think about it in relation to the rest of what he teaches Mm -hmm. in that chapter. It's just cool to see how He's just turning everything upside down. And we're totally doing a whole different structure here as far as we're not doing the observation, interpretation, right. and application. And we're just going to see how, how it flows and how it works. But parking here in this idea that our heart is what matters. Mm-hmm. And so our motivation, this what was keeping me from maybe moving forward was not just my, not so much my motivations, but what other people thought my right. motivations because were. Because no one else knows. And the, it makes me think of yesterday I was getting into the car and I've just recently started letting my youngest Abby sit in the front seat. She was getting in the car and she said, mom, sometimes I feel like people think that when I'm sitting in the front seat, I'm showing off. And my response was, well, are you showing off? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I just really like sitting in the front seat. And I got to say, well, that's all that matters. Like yeah. you, it, what matters is your motivations. If your motivation is to show off, then you should probably think about that. But mm-hmm. if your motivation is just the fact of the joy that I'm letting you do this, mm-hmm. then just enjoy it. I've been thinking so much about how much he wants us to enjoy the things that he calls us mm-hmm. to. The things that bring us joy are often the things that he calls us to in the end. And so just really enjoying the thing that we get to do that happens to be in front of everybody that hopefully brings him glory. Mm-hmm. Like it, if my motivation is pure, then just, I'm just going to jump in and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And so here we are off on this ride of podcasting. Okay. <laughs> so what I think you were headed toward that I want to touch on is then unless your righteousness surpasses the scribes and Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Okay. So he's making this point in this paragraph where he's saying the law is important and it needs to be fulfilled. And that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I am here. There's so much to say about this. Go for it. <laughs> no, it you, I'll wait till you're done. No, I feel like that's... Why did God give the law in the first place? To set a standard. Right. Mm-hmm. 
to show us that we can't reach it, mm-hmm. right? So the whole purpose of the law was to show us that we need Jesus. That was mm-hmm. the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is saying all of those things in the law were good things. Like mm-hmm. don't murder, don't covet. Like all those things that he listed mm-hmm. that were part of, you know, the Ten Commandments that we think of when we think of the law. They're how life works best. They were there for a reason. And yet we can't do that. And even when mm-hmm. he says, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Well, when you read that, you think, well, shoot. <laughs> they were pretty I mean, good at this. Right. Like, but when you think about, they were good at outwardly following the law and checking all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And yet, what was their motivation? Mm-hmm. Their whole motivation was for people to be like. They're like, amazing. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he is talking about in the rest of this chapter, that they're trying to check the boxes, but they're still not doing it. Right. And how, and that he came, he came to abolish it and fulfill it. And then he fulfills it in him fulfilling it. That's what covers us. Right. So he fulfills it for us because there's no way that we can Mm -hmm. do it. But then I was also thinking as I was reading it before, later on in Matthew, when he talks about when Jesus says, you know, the whole law is summed up in two things. Love the Lord your God mm-hmm. with all your whole heart and soul and mind, and then love your neighbor as, your, as yourself. And even as you're as we're reading later on, when it talks about murder and adultery and divorce and telling the truth and how you're supposed to treat your enemies, all of that is summed up in love your neighbor mm-hmm. and love the Lord your God. What Jesus is saying here is, it's not the law; it's all of you. It's, yes, it's all of it's all of everything. So when you talk about adultery, it's not just not having sex with somebody who's not your spouse. It's actually just looking at somebody who's not your spouse. That's something like that's something that almost everybody's going to fall short of. Mm-hmm. Not coveting is one of those things that that's a heart issue. Who's going to live their entire life without coveting? You right. can't see that outside. That's right. all in your heart. He's, right. And when you think of any of those laws, if you think about tithing, 10% mm-hmm. is what the law tells us that we're supposed to give. But what Jesus actually wants, and he's saying here through the this beatitude section, is all of you. Like right. all, all that you own, everything that mm-hmm. you are, it all belongs to me and it all should come to me. And so if that's the true standard, we are going to fall short, which right. is where Jesus fulfills that right. law. When he says he fulfills the law, that's what he means. That's what he means, is that, yeah. Is that now you now you can be free to just live. Yeah. Just live and enjoy and know that you are loved by me. Mm -hmm. And we still, we still want to aim for those laws because Mm -hmm. those laws are like, those laws are what bring freedom. Like when you do those things and you do them well, you're living well. Right. But when you don't, that's covered. Mm -hmm. And so then you get up and you do it again. Yeah. You know, it's just that I can't help but bring references in, in these sections to other things that I know. But I remember when I think about I think it's in Galatians where Paul talks about the law being our tutor. Mm-hmm. I love that. Like yeah. it's like this. It the law teaches us what's right, and we can never fully under. We can't fully comprehend everything that's behind the law or the intentions that God right. had when He gave us the law. But that's why, as we become older, as we become more mature in our faith, we realize that we become free. Like mm-hmm. we go from being a child under a tutor to a free adult mm-hmm. living a, in a relationship right. with God rather than under the structure mm-hmm. of the law that can never be met right. or the standard There's that can never be met. Does that make sense? For sure. Yeah. 
There's so and, much more there, but. And even thinking, if you just take this section, verses 17 to 20, and you read it, it's not very life-giving. It feels like. Good. That's a good observation. Yes. You know, like it feels like, well, I can't. I can't. Because he says, whoever breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. Whoever does it will be called great. So when you look at that, you, you look at it and you think, ugh. But that's where I think the story of scripture is so beautiful because this is just this little sec- section of Jesus like leading into teaching on the heart. Mm-hmm. And then as you continue seeing the story unfold and you see what Jesus did on the mm-hmm. cross because he hasn't done that yet. Yep. As you see what he did to fulfill the law for us and how that plays continues to play out through the rest of the New Testament and the things that are taught, that's when it's life-giving and it, you can see the hope in it. So that's mm-hmm. something we maybe talked about it a little bit about the story of scripture and how when we're reading and we have all these different pieces and things that we recognize from other parts of scripture that kind of come together. This I think is a good example of that because when you just look at that in isolation, it's not life-giving. That's exactly right. That's true. But when you, when you know God's character and you see his character throughout all of scripture, and like you just said, when you know the gospel, then you can understand a little bit more of what Jesus was trying to say. Yes. You're the gospel. The gospel has to underline every right portion of the reading that you're doing. So no matter whether you're in the Old Testament focusing on just the law and the word of the prophets, you should be reading that through right. the lens of the gospel at all times. Right. Because there's, the whole story is the story of redemption. Right. But and Jesus. This is, right. And so this passage in five in chapter five is really to show us how much we need mm-hmm. a savior. Yeah. And we have one. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what he's here for. So application wise, all of the things that we do, all of the works that we do to bring us glory Mm -hmm. or to increase who we think we are before our father Mm -hmm. are worthless. Mm -hmm. They mean absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. The only works that are valuable in any way, shape or form are those that we do that bring glory to the Mm -hmm. father. It makes me think of something I read or heard along the way about how at the cross, everyone is on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. Every single person needs Jesus equally. And that goes for before you're a believer and after you're a believer. Even as believers, there's nothing that we can do to check more boxes or to make Jesus love us more mm-hmm. or be more pleased with us because mm-hmm. he is pleased with us because of what his son did and covered us with. So yes. that's something even... Period. Period. The end. Full stop. Yep. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dive Matthew. If you enjoyed our version of Inductive Bible Study and want to join our community of people all working on the same book of the Bible together, come check us out at divecollective.org and sign up for one of our current live dive studies. We believe you'll find a welcoming community, one where you'll be challenged, inspired, and uplifted. Come and see.